following audio is from Crossroads Church in West Ossipee, New Hampshire. For more information about Crossroads Church, you can go to www.crossroadsossipee.com. Listen to the words of Jesus recorded in Matthew 23, 23 through 28. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. You blind guides, straining out a net and swallowing a camel. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, <clears throat> but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate, that the outside also may be clean. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. So you outwardly also appear righteous to others, but within are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Let's pray. Father, it's our desire clearly to not be a dirty dish or just a, a whitewashed tomb. Lord, we want to follow after you. We want to live lives that are pleasing to you, glorifying to you that show who you are to our neighbors and friends. And so, Lord, as we turn our attention to your word this morning, pray that you would instruct us in that way and that these would not just be empty words, not falling on deaf ears, but that we would take your message to heart, that our ears would be open and our hearts would be soft to you. So we pray that you would instruct us now from your word by the power of your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name, amen. Well, <clears throat> we're returning to our work in 2 Timothy 2, which is page 996 in the Pew Bible. It's a big page turn there. We've been on page 995 for five years or so, seemed like. 2 Timothy 2, we're going to be focusing on verses 20 through 22 in which Paul expounds on an idea that he mentioned in verse 19. So we'll actually go back to that and read that together. 2 Timothy 2, verse 19. But God's firm foundation stands bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Uh, may the Lord's blessing be on his word. Now, I pre preached this text years ago, not here, years ago, 
But uh, I often, if I know I've preached a text or worked on it before, I'll try to find those notes and go back and see what I said then and see if it's still true. <laughs> well, I pity those poor people who had to listen to me back then even more than I pity you poor folks. Hmm. I did not really understand what was going on in the text when I read that there were vessels of honorable use and vessels of dishonorable use, I thought of the good dishes versus the regular dishes. Now, I know you know what I'm talking about. In my house growing up, we had a set of ordinary dishes that we use every day, uh, use all the time. And then there were the good dishes, and the good dishes come out of Thanksgiving or family birthday party. You know, when your great-grandmother turns 130, you get those dishes out and celebrate together. I, we did that, so we Kenistons last a long time. Sorry. So we this, this particular set of dishes that we had, not to brag, because we, I did not grow up a rich person or... We didn't have any silver spoons that matched, but we did have matching salt and pepper shakers and gravy boats and, and sugar bowls and, and uh, all of these fancy things, very, very fancy. They used to be. And then I found out where they came from. They were... <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> she knows already. These good dishes came from the Bethel A&P which is a grocery store, that you get dish with a coupon. Like you buy so many cans of tomato soup and you get a coupon for a dish. That's how it started. And the most of the rest was filled in from yard sales. They did. But I don't know. We don't have them anymore. And the, But the truth is, this is not what Paul is contrasting. It's a cute story, but it's not... He's not contrasting good dishes from common dishes. He's not, uh, he's not saying, uh, he's not talking about corralware here. He's talking, um, he's comparing the good dishes to the trash can, not just a different color cereal bowl. He's talking about the good dishes as compared to a mop bucket or a bedpan. And he uses the, this contrast to emphasize the point of the second half of verse 19. Remember the two-sided seal we talked about. Let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. That two-sided seal that we talked about last week with the comfort uh, of God's responsibility on one side, uh, His responsibility to us, and the challenge of our responsibility to Him on the other. And that's, on one side, the Lord knows those who are His. He is responsible to hold on to us. And the challenge, let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. And that is our daily challenge, to prove we belong to the Lord by letting go of sin. In the name of the Lord, we must depart from iniquity. And this is what separates the vessels of gold and silver from the vessels of wood and clay. Now, I don't, being a maker of vessels of wood, I don't like this picture so much um, because these uh, vessels of wood are cheap and disposable. I spend a lot of time on those, <laughs> but that's okay. Mm. The great house that Paul talks about 
although the scholars are divided, it seems fairly clear from the context that this great house is the church. It's not the whole world. It's the church. And our father is the master of the house. And in this picture that Paul paints the Christians, us, we are the vessels of various kinds within the house. Now, some scholars say that the wood and clay vessels are false teachers within a church. And some say that they are unbelievers that have attached themselves to a church family, like uh, what Jesus talks about, the tares growing up with the wheat, or the bad fish gathered with the good fish in the big cast net. And the scholars are a lot smarter than me and much more educated and studied on these things, but I still don't think their picture is accurate. They didn't ask me, but they're not here. The vessels of wood and clay in the great house are still used by the master, though not in a noble or honorable way, in a way that we would display on a shelf like the gold and silver vessels are. And Paul's challenge to Timothy and to the rest of the church in verse 21 is if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house and ready for every good work. Jesus pointed out a similar problem among the Pharisees and the scribes in what we read in Matthew 23. He says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the dish, or the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate, that the outside also may be clean. Now, maybe our issue is different, but maybe it's the same. Maybe like the scribes and the Pharisees, we care about the outward appearance, but neglect the inside of the cup and the dish. Like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. What Paul is dealing with is the challenge for believers in Jesus, true followers of Christ, to depart from iniquity. Now, the word depart that Paul uses literally means to shun, to purpose, purposefully avoid associating with, to keep away from, have nothing to do with iniquity, unjust deeds, unrighteous acts, also known as sin. To shun unrighteous acts, thoughts, and attitudes is to clean the inside of the dish. It is to cleanse ourselves from that which is dishonorable, so that we can be vessels for honorable use, set apart as holy and useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. Now, there's a problem. Jesus died on a cross to pay the penalty for our sins, right? Heavy nodding with that. Yes, that's true. And he rose again that we might permanently be made right with God through faith in Jesus, right? This is true. By faith in Jesus, all our sins are washed away. So how can we cleanse ourselves? I'm glad you asked. I'll tell you. 
To be justified by faith means that through faith in Jesus Christ, in God's eyes, it's just as if we have never sinned and never will again. Okay? This is a wonderful miracle accomplished by God. No penalty remains for us to pay for sin. Jesus paid it all. Hallelujah. I know there's only 12 of you here, but seriously, it's not a, yeah. However, that's the next word. However, every day we choose to sin. As born-again believers in Jesus Christ, we are not the same stuff that we were before. We are not the same kind of animal. We are a whole new thing. The way we were before, the kind of thing that we were before could only sin, could only do things that were displeasing to God. Even the good things that we used to do before Christ were worthless, eternally speaking. But now we are something else. We are a new creature, and that new creature, sin is not its natural native language. However, it is a choice. So what that means is when we sin now, if you have faith in Jesus Christ, if you have asked him to forgive your sin and accepted his free gift of eternal life, when you sin now, it's because you choose to do it. When I sin now, it's because I prefer it over whatever is right. Every day we choose to sin. We still struggle with sinful thoughts and sinful attitudes. And sometimes, no matter how hard we try, we slip back into our old patterns of behavior. Making the same foolish choice we've made a million times and regretted a million times, and yet we do it We do it again and again. But there is a key word there. The word is choose. It's choice. As born-again believers in Jesus Christ, sin is now a choice for us. And that means we can choose not to. Hallelujah. Good news. When we sin, it's because we choose to sin. No one is forcing us to do it. No one's tricking us. I'd love it if it were that way. Oh, the devil tricked me into sinning. (laughs) No. Your eyes are wide open. To learn to choose not to sin, to consistently reject that which is dishonorable to God, that is to cleanse ourselves so that we can be set apart for honorable use. The truth is, Whether you're wood or clay or gold or silver, God will use you as a vessel. But the conditions of our hearts before him will determine what sort of use that we will get. Tall fine wine or dirty dishwater. That's our responsibility. Sometimes we just get overwhelmed by the desires of our flesh that we forget that by faith in Jesus, he lives within us. And he helps us to say no to sin. He is always with us to help us do what Paul wrote in verse 22. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. 
Hmm. He doesn't write that to make us feel guilty. To know that Jesus lives within us and is present when we sin is not something to make us feel guilty. It's make us to feel empowered to say no. Not, you know, Jesus is watching you. Right? He's there when you sin, so you should feel bad about that. Well, that's true. But he is there to help you say no. But we forget that he's there. We say, well, you know, it's just a time out. <laughs> time out, Jesus. I'm going to, you know, do whatever I want or say whatever I want and not think about it. Hmm. Paul gives us his strategy here in dealing with this, in cleaning the inside of the cup and the dish. The trick to fleeing that which is destructive is to chase after what is constructive. Paul doesn't just say to Timothy, Timmy, quit it. Just quit sinning, okay? Knock it off. That's not what he says. Though he warns him and us to avoid youthful passions of lust and pride and independence like you would avoid danger, avoid it, because that's what they are. They're dangerous, this uh, this way of thinking. He also challenges him and challenges us to pursue with great effort, to strive after with purpose, chase after righteousness and faith and love and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Righteousness, faith, love, and peace are all gifts from God. You know that? As also are those that call on the Lord from a pure heart. The command here is to chase after these things. Though they are gifts from God, we are still to chase them, to pursue them. The word pursue in the Greek is a present active imperative verb. Heather's not here to get all word nerd on us. But what that means is that the pursuit is continuous and never ending. It's a continual pursuit. Never, never stop. Pursue and continue pursuing righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. It's a wonderful command and a wonderful reminder that no matter what, in this pursuit of righteousness, faith, love, and peace, in this pursuit, we are not alone. Now, I don't know about you, but Summertime in a faith, I feel lonely. Like it's just me. It's me against the world or it's me against the devil or me against my own flesh. And why is that? It's not because it's true. <laughs> That's good news. It's wrong thinking. When I feel or you feel a struggle against a sin, a bad attitude, or a temptation to do something, to be dishonest, or whatever. You know what sin is. I don't need to describe it to you. When we feel like we just can't fight it anymore, 
We have these. Call. Reach out there. We're, we're here to do this together. When Paul says to pursue these things with those who call out to the Lord with a pure heart, he's talking about the church. We are not in our struggle against sin by ourselves. We are not alone. No matter how we feel, because how we feel does not determine what is real. Okay? That wasn't supposed to rhyme, but it's cute. Put it on your bumper sticker. Hmm. This is a wonderful command and a wonderful reminder that no matter what, in this pursuit of righteousness, faith, love, and peace, we are not alone. We are in this together. In our pursuit of cleansing, we are together so that we are ready for honorable use by the master, the master of the house. We can be there to help those who have stumbled so that together we can be like the vessels of silver and gold. We can be precious and durable and no longer vessels of wood and clay which are cheap and fragile and subject to the fire. We will all be used by God. Be encouraged by that. But whether we are used for honorable purposes or for dishonorable purposes depends on what kind of vessels we are. What kind of vessels we are depends on what we are pursuing. Youthful passions, pride, lust, desires of our flesh, or righteousness, faith, love, and peace. We first must clean the inside of the cup and the plate that the outside may also be clean. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this brief word this morning. We thank you for the challenge and the reminder that though you have permanently dealt with the penalty for our sin, the eternal penalties, still in this life, we struggle with temptations to sin and to hide our sin. As long as the outside looks good, it doesn't matter what the inside looks like. Nobody can see that. But if we're honest with ourselves and with each other and with you, that dirty inside really isn't, really isn't hidden. So, Lord, first of all, I pray that you would call us all to repentance, to turn from our sin, to turn from the choices we've been making that are dishonorable, displeasing to you, whatever they might be. And in those moments where we are struggling, that we reach out to others who are pursuing righteousness, faith, love, and peace with a pure heart. Not that they're perfect or we're perfect if they call us, but we're seeking after the Lord with pure motives. God, we ask for your help in this way, and we thank you for the help that you have given. May we be just willing to take it, to reach out to one another for help and encouragement and strength, because your church is a wonderful gift to us. This family is a wonderful gift. Lord, we are grateful for your love for us and for how you display that love in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus how you display that love in your church. 
by giving us this wonderful family. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to participate in the mission of Crossroads Church through financial support, checks can be mailed to Crossroads Church, Post Office Box 576, West Ossipee, New Hampshire, 03890.